If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up. From the rewatch to the Q&A, we will have loads of content every week. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now, here's the podcast. Graham McDonald is an idiot. Sean Sheehan of severemma.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 353 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the harp lagger of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about uh, a grudge match in, in MMA last night that didn't turn out to be as exciting maybe as as we had wanted it to be. There's some big fights coming up next week. Well, maybe not big fights, but some good fights uh, across a few different uh, promotion. So we'll we'll talk about uh, we we'll talk about all that. But first, before we start any of that, we must tell you that spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the four million men who trust Manscaped. Use the promo code Severe and Met to get twenty percent off and free shipping at Manscaped.com. Uh, Manscaped, if you don't know about them by now, you probably should. They're the blow the waist grooming uh, leaders worldwide, and they've forever changed the game with their performance package 4.0. Inside, you get the lawnmower 4.0. You'll get the weed whacker, which uh, trims your ear and nose hair. You'll get the crop preserver and crop reviver, as well as the boxer briefs and travel bag to hold all of your goodies. <clears throat> the aforementioned lawnmower 4.0 is the pube assassin. That is waterproof and equipped with an LED light so uh, that you can see everything down there. The Elite Trimmer is designed to trim loose skin, hair on loose skin. Um, although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like that and benefit from the proprietary skin's tef- technology. Uh, have you ever met someone who finds nose hair attractive? Well, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear uh, Hair Trimmer provides proprietary skin technology as well, which reduces nicks, snags, tugs, and the whole lot in those delicate uh, holes of your ears and your nose. Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. Um, starting to get hot outside now. Well, it's fucking minus two here. It's not hot yet, but I'll stop. Uh, you know, I'll stop you getting sniffy down there in the, the warm weather. And the Crop Reviver as well. Spray-on ball toner, which will keep you uh, smelling fresh and complete the grooming game with a fine cologne, which you can get separate to the Performance Package 4.0. This stuff is legit. I will have you smelling like royalty. If you purchase the Performance Package 4.0 now, you will get two free gifts, the Performance Boxer Briefs, which are great, and the Shed Travel Bag as well, which I was using all last week. So smell good and feel good this spring. Get 20% off with free shipping with the promo code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping using the code SEVEREMMA at manscaped.com. It's try to, time to throw your hygiene... Time to throw your hygiene. Time to throw your old hygiene habits out and upgrade your life. All right, Graham, let's get straight into uh, UFC 272. Um... What did you think of the main event, first of all? I'll, I'll, I'll just put it straight over to you and ask you what you thought of it. Um, I thought it went 
quite like pretty much like we I kind of thought it would and uh, you know Covington was just way too way too strong in the wrestling grappling department for him uh, for most of the most of the fight and that's kind of what I thought would, would happen going in so for me it wasn't a big surprise but yeah it definitely wasn't a a big exciting fight there was obviously there was a, a moment where Covington got dropped on, to one knee for a second but Besides that, it was basically one-way traffic, and yeah, maybe I might have thought Masvidal might have put up a little bit more of a fight in 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 the first couple of rounds, but uh, you know, it's just the relentlessness of Co- of Kobe implementing his game plan and getting to his strengths, and we've seen it time and time again, and Masvidal just had no answers, and probably not the most exciting fight, but probably what most people thought it was going to look like. Uh, it was one of those ones right, where I said during the week we were talking about it in the preview show and I said I was kind of hyped about the fight because of the uh, the matchup and the feud and all of that but I think you know I got to later in the week and I was watching some more of the videos coming out and especially that press conference I tweeted it like did a press conference ever make you want to watch a fight less and I really think that press conference lost them pay-per-view boys because I think a lot of people realised right okay if you'd heard anything about the matchup, you knew what was going to happen, probably. But you watched it, you know, for that bit of intrigue, for what maybe could happen, for, you know, a bit of madness. But then the way, you know, the way that press conference went, you just kind of knew that it was... Uh, even the even the smack talk wasn't good. We kind of convinced ourselves maybe that it might be good for a while, even though we all probably knew it wouldn't be good. But it was just... Yeah, it was just so awful. I think it set a, a precedent for what the fight would be, and the fight itself was uh, was not great, to be honest. Like the only bit of intrigue I thought, well, there were two bits of intrigue in the fight. I suppose the first one was when it looked like Colby hurt his leg or ankle uh, early in the first round, and obviously in the fourth round when he got uh, hit and hurt. Was there any stage, Graham, where you talked that Colby was in trouble, or that you gave any hope to Masvidal, or did you just think from second one it was all Colby? Well, yeah. Obviously, when he flashed, knocked him down, and that was a that was a moment where Masvidal could have could have capitalized. But I did think the the commentary team kind of were probably searching for you know searching for something, and maybe got a bit overexcited there. And he he didn't she- seem to show um, much evidence to me of of being rocked too much, rather than just like a flash knockdown. Obviously, that's a big moment in the fight because. Uh, uh, it was the only time either guy was dropped, but uh, besides that moment, which I thought was a bit over overplayed by the commentary team, there was there basically wasn't much uh, resistance uh, to Kobe's game plan. Yeah, I, I went and watched it back, and actually at live, I dis I didn't agree with what you were saying there. I actually thought it was a lot harder than maybe going back looking at it. Like going back looking at it, it definitely was a flash knockdown, and he was definitely hurt, but. You know, at the time, I, I think the commentary kind of said, oh, this is like Diaz versus, um, who was it, Lee versus Leon Edwards, that he's badly hurt, you need to pounce now and finish him. But I don't necessarily think it was one like that. I think Colby still won the round and everything. Um, so it was, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Job I think it judges. probably was the best moment for Masvidal to go yeah. for it because he had so little success uh, in the rest of the 25 minutes. So maybe in that aspect, the commentary team were right. But I think... Yeah, I think it was more of a flash knockdown and he recovered within a few seconds and, uh, you know, Masvidal just didn't really, he didn't really get a chance. You know, he was he was carrying Covington's weight in the ground. He was getting pushed up against the fence. He made, he, he did look a bit, you know, I think the, the, the constant pressure from Covington took a toll on him. He did seem a bit uh, worn out as the rounds went on and obviously Covington's known for his relentless cardio and relentless game planning and relent- or relentless implementing impl- implement implementation. Imp- right implementation? 
implementation. <laughs> yeah, thank you uh, of his game plan and uh, is just his grappling skills and wrestling skills were just far too much for Masvidal. Yeah, I, I think. Look, I'll quickly run through kind of how the fight went and maybe discuss a little bit more. Then, so as as I said, there was a few uh, leg kicks early, and I did think Colby was was hobbling a little bit. I did think he he got hurt with one of them, but uh, that kind of might have been a bit of a blessing in disguise for Colby, honestly, because I I talked before the fight about the the big issue for Colby might be falling in love with his hands, and that forced him to go for a takedown for immediately, almost well, maybe what two minutes into the fight. Uh, and he did. He got him down against the fence. He was dominant on top. Masvidal did get up uh, late, but Colby had landed enough on top to win that round. A serious pace from Colby, I thought, uh, in the second. Lots of people gave this to Masvidal, but uh, I don't know. Did Masvidal landed a nice elbow at one stage. Um, Colby him with a knee to the grind. Uh, but Colby landed some good shots on top, and these pace late, the five, six, seven shots he landed against the cage, to me, were, were just enough to win it. But a cl- definitely the closest uh, round early, anyway. The third round in was just a takedown and dominant on top. Very easy for Colby. The scrambles are absolutely fantastic from Colby in that round. He was just so dominant. If you're Maswell, it must it's just completely take away you know the, the the positivity in your brain when he just scrambles like that and destroys you uh, in the fourth Colby was just completely overwhelming him with strikes but then Masvidal landed that big big shot and put him down on one knee but uh, as I said on the replay Colby looked like he took it well um, got back up and won the rest of the round after that so a close round again but Colby uh, I thought Colby won it as well and in the fifth round it was just Colby took him down and uh, and smash him I think one judge gave that as a 10-8 and you know I wouldn't disagree with that too much especially if you're looking at it in uh, an, an older version of the, the new criteria if you want to put it like that so you mentioned the four round there and Masvidal landing that big shot and maybe not being able to capitalise on it but should have cap- capitalised on it if there was anything to capitalise on um, I, I think the big issue with that was he was just so tired and so worn out at that stage. It, uh, I heard someone say, I think it was Robbie Fox over in his, uh, his post show said it, that Colby, it felt like Colby had hurt, hurt him so much and tired him out so much that that punch was like the last gasp that was like that was the last bit of energy he had left he, he, he released that punch if it knocked him out it was all well and good if it didn't that was kind of the end of the fight and that's not necessarily true but it's it just felt like the case it felt like Colby kept coming after that and Masvidal just kind of had no more and that was the that was the last day of the fight yeah I think maybe because of Colby just being like oh shit I need to get back to you know relentless uh, pressure and grappling here and uh, once once he'd kind of re- regained himself after after a few seconds then you know the the opportunity had slipped so it was a fleeting a fleeting moment for Masvidal but but as we said you know um, when you're out matched like this you kind of them those tiny opportunities you, you have to take them and although uh, he wasn't as rocked as maybe the commentary we, we both think he wasn't as rocked as maybe the commentary thought is still you know if, if Masvidal is going to get it done in, in that moment and you could see that he didn't really pour it on at all he just let Kobe recovery even even if Kobe had been uh, more badly hurt he gave him enough time to recover so that must have been due to just uh, being worn down being grinded on having to carry Kobe's weight uh, constant punches just just being dominated basically and this is the problem as well isn't it like when you get matchups that are made based on 
hype and based on you know uh, bluster and all of this rather than based on the fight itself like I, I remember between months ago when this fight was made that it's not going to be a great fight at all it's just going to be domination I think and now that I wasn't you know some fucking soothsayer or anything I think a lot of people agreed but some people at the time kind of were convinced that it would be better and I think this week as well that maybe a little bit convinced we're better like Ma- Masvidal has done a good job of convincing people he's a way better fighter than he actually is over the last few years by taking out you know g- good guys in, in the likes of Ben Askren and Darren Till but well, you guys know going viral on a little tiny clip yeah. like can't be underestimated you know sure. th- those short them quick knockouts in a in like a fight that was hyped before between the two guys not liking each other and all that stuff and then you get that you know, beautiful knockout, the, the celebration afterwards, pretending to be knocked out yourself, all that stuff kind of goes viral and he's kind of taken that and ran with it. But, you know, when it comes down to the actual in the cage against somebody who's a style matchup, who's a nightmare style matchup like Covington, he just he just doesn't have any answers. Yeah, you can't, like in MMA, there's really no hiding place. There's really like, there's when you're fighting someone like Colby who has a very very well-rounded game and is dominant in one area like he is with the wrestling it's very I won't give you a second yeah I won't give you a second yeah it's it's impossible to hide it's like literally impossible to hide from someone like Colby and we like we must win just well we'll talk we could talk about the hype and we can talk about all of that but Colby Covington is a damn 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 good fighter sometimes we look over that because of all his stupid politics shit and his fake you know persona and calling out lads he's friends with and is it real is it not real and it's look a lot of it isn't and who cares but he's you know what's very real his ability he's a wonderful fighter like we the scrambles I'll, I'll mention him again they were absolutely brilliant i think his striking has improved knowing like he beat masvidal probably like what 95 percent of the time on the feet last night when i was striking like sometimes you think oh the fight gets to the feet and you know masvidal's winning that now but if you actually look at it it's that's not the case at all. Colby was winning lots of those, most of those exchanges uh, on the feed. Um, he's and, and like that's not to say beating Masvidal on the feed is some massive thing or anything. Masvidal is good on the feed, but he's uh, vastly, vastly, vastly overrated as a fighter. I think uh, he definitely has shown improvements over the, over the last few years. And look for the big shot. And look, he did it again last night. He's dangerous. Uh, he's a good fighter. But when you talk about like top top fighters in the world at that weight division Colby Covington is is 1B you know <clears throat> I, I feel like I feel like his game planning has let him down in the big fights against Usman I think Usman probably would have won them anyway but I feel like he hasn't really shown that ability in those big fights and that's as an MMA fan that's kind of sad like as a <clears throat> as a person or people uh, if you if you like or hate Colby it's a different thing but as an MMA fan if you want to see I always say it, the best fighting the best when they are their best it feels like we, we had two fights and we didn't really see that and I, I'm watching that last night was like one of my main takeaways from it it is just a pity that fight even though the first fight was a great great fight and i underestimated that fight watching it but it's not the fight that it's not the fight that it should have materialized into we had 10 rounds of it and it didn't materialize into that fight at any stage and that to me is is a great great pity what do you think happens next with colby you know he's as i mentioned he's lost to usman toys he called out porridge you see that happening or what do you want to see next for colby like the Poirier thing, he seems to be going hard for it. Like, doesn't really make too much sense, really. You know, it's hard to know what to do with, with, with Covington. Are they just going to put him in a big name fight like that? That Covington Dustin Poirier fight, I'll probably, I'll probably do good numbers. You know, these are 
two well-known guys. Obviously, Poirier is coming off a loss, but he has, you know, those two big wins over Conor McGregor. Uh, that will definitely, you know, carry into into numbers. Maybe the UFC will go with that. With that, we've seen we've seen the UFC matchmakers kind of go with the the big fights. The like even this fight, the Covington Masvidal fight, as you said on paper, it's maybe not. It's pretty cut and dry, but in terms of hype and and all that stuff and bad blood, it it, it had that factor that that hooked people in. Like you know, the countdown show was was interesting, which it hasn't been in a long time. Not that I not that I watched them all or anything like that, but you know, um, for Covington. With Usman on top, with Usman not talking really seriously about going up to middleweight, it is hard to see how he gets back there. And if the fight happens again, uh, like in the future, how it how it looks different. You know, these guys can evolve and all, but I think Usman is is evolving as well. So, you know, Gilbert Burns is always hanging around there as well. Maybe you could do that fight, but maybe they they probably will just go with the Poirier fight, even though. It, makes very little sense. Yeah, I wonder from Poirier's point of view, like, Poirier seems to be holding out for that Nate Diaz fight. Uh, for him, that's the big money fight, like, way bigger than Covington. I don't think Covington's a pay-per-view draw at all. Uh, <laughs> Dana White was asked last night about the numbers, and, you know, usually Dana always says it's trending off the charts, like, every single time when he's asked about numbers, and he did not say that last night. So you could... I'm surprised, you know, I'm surprised it didn't do good numbers. If, if Are it didn't you? Good- yeah, just because Masvidal, obviously, I mentioned about going viral with the Ben Askren thing and all that stuff, and people seem to seem to like Masvidal, the, the casuals, and Covington obviously uh, says a lot of controversial things, and you know, people have historically paid to to see people they don't like hopefully lose. I I don't know. I just feel like the Covington thing is so obtuse and so like obviously fake that people really aren't buying into it a massive thing as well i think when it's not um, a big star like I, I think both of those guys have kind of become somewhat stars over the last while but when it's not a diaz or a mcgregor or a jones or something like that not having a belt on the line really matters it really does because if you ask any of your friends like casual friends um, you know about all the fights coming up at the weekend it's the main event of a pay-per-view there's no belt on the line they will say what there's no belt on the line why would I even bother there's no and that that is I, that is definitely thing I've noticed with people over the years and I think that probably would have would have mattered here look a lot of people who buy UFC pay-per-views or would be buying them now would also have bought them the last time Masvidal fight and Covington fought because it was in the pandemic you know Dana White even said it in the press conference uh, on Saturday night about that that numbers went through the roof lads that were doing 300,000 were suddenly doing 700,000 so the people have seen those fights you know they know Masvidal they know Covington and they've seen him lose over and over um, which is not a great way to build a pay-per-view between two guys who have just lost twice to the champion and we've never really had that before in MMA in terms of like so many people watching pay-per-views and knowing the results you know sometimes you'll be able to hide that and I was kind of saying you probably during the week you might be able to even hide that but thinking about it again last night I don't think you actually can and that's why like I would be very surprised if this did over 500,000 obviously now I might be wrong I might be wrong but uh I think it would be. Uh, I think it'd be good numbers if they did that. I just, I just don't think it popped with people this week, and I think it was actually made worse by the press conference. Like there wasn't one moment that you could put up on ESPN or whatever it might be to make that press conference look good or to to hype that fight in any way. It was just so bad and so disappointing. I don't know. So uh, yeah, I, I don't think. Well, to, which, if they were to try and put together like the biggest money fight for Covington coming off this, like who do you think it would be? I uh. 
Uh, oh, realistically, Connor? like yeah, in, yeah <laughs> you know? one that's realistic that he can fight in in four months. Yeah, it's it's a difficult one for Covington because, as I said, Lapari is looking for Nate, but he might fight Covington if he's coming up in weight class, and if Nate doesn't take the fight, or if he, you know, he's I know Nate has one fight left in his contract, to know what he's gonna do. But like Covington, I don't necessarily think that they see him as a big pay-per-view draw. You know, they were all saying yesterday or in the press conference different things that Covington is uh, is not even getting pay-per-view points for this fight and that he took a lower number to fight Masvidal to fight in the top of a, a pay-per-view, which, you know, he didn't seem to deny or anything like that. And I think he even kind of said it himself. So it's, uh, it's a weird one. I think Covington in his next fight could be a top, you know, a, a fight night event, whether it is... You know, Gilbert Burns is fighting Shimaev next, so I don't think it's going to be him. But I don't know what it's going to be. I, I don't, Leon Edwards always looking for for yeah. a big name. Look, look, Leon is surely going to fight Usman next. Like that, like I think kind of has him. What about uh, Wonderboy? Never, they're never going to let Leon fight for a title. Wonderboy versus Covington <laughs> in the main event. I think uh, I I could see that happening next or something like that. But yeah, I, I could see Masvidal versus Wonderboy as well. I think actually Masvidal is nearly tougher to match because after giving him a new contract, he's on good money now and things. Like I'd be using. Masvidal if I was them for the next up and comers like I'd put Masvidal in there with Shimaev in two seconds I'd put him in there with uh, uh, what's his name Ramzabov I'd put him in there with Sean Brady like all of those guys beat him ruin Masvidal oh yeah build, build him up with him like that he, Masvidal has had his run now I, I think he, he's kind of pushed into the next role of making stars uh, a bit pro wrestling but I, I think I, I uh, honestly, I think that's what's going to happen with him, and I think that's where he's going to go next. But I don't know. I feel like we've we've talked enough about <laughs> about this fight now. Not a great fight, you know. Great skills by Covington, Masvidal. I wouldn't say Masvidal was poor or anything. I thought he fought okay, but like he fought to his level. He fought exactly where he is as a fighter, and that's just a very good fighter who will. F- when he fights someone who is elite like Colby Covington, he will get shown up. That so. style matchup is just horrible for him. Horrible, though. absolutely horrible. But, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's go further down the card and talk a little bit about the the comment event. Look, this <laughs> this was another one, unfortunately, in this card where it was uh, a bad, bad beatdown. Uh, Rafael dos Anjos came out immediately, um, basically took Hinata Maikano to the cleaners and just. Uh, just destroyed him really round one and two were just easy round three uh, there was nearly a head kick that finished him his eye closed up round four I think a lot of people were kind of saying oh let's let's kind of finish this but in round five <laughs> my cano came out and Mark Goddard was like I'll give you 30 seconds you've got 30 seconds uh, kid <laughs> to, yeah, to turn us around in 30 seconds uh, you're he, he kind of did like he didn't he didn't lose the fight in the 30 seconds he didn't necessarily win the fight but I I think two of the three judges gave him the fifth round. I thought he won the fifth round as well, so fair play to him. But uh, I think in the commentary they said Dos Anjos um, maybe stepped off the gas a little bit. I don't think that was necessarily true in terms of like not wanting to hurt my cano. I just think he was very, very tired. You know, Dos Anjos is one of those guys who's always had an unbelievable gas tank and everything like that. Now, for one reason or another, I don't think it maybe is what it used to be, but still unbelievably good to put on four rounds of a full, you know, even five rounds. He wasn't that slow in the fifth round or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, this was just a one-sided beatdown. My Cano did hit him hard a few times in the fifth round, and there was one or two moments where I was like, ooh, I, uh, there was actually more moments in this where I thought My Cano had a chance of winning than Masvidal, I think, <laughs> had in, in the fight against Covington. But uh, overall, uh, just a, a hellacious beatdown by Dos Anjos. This really didn't need to be five rounds, Graham, did it? 
Yeah, well, yeah, it didn't. Uh, obviously, he, as you said, he probably, Mike Cano probably had his best round in the fifth round. Uh, but, you know, that third round, it could have been stopped. I thought it was probably a borderline, if not a 10-8 uh, for the Sanyos. And uh, if if his corner or the doctor a couple of times is called in and the ref is kind of, I thought I thought he was on the verge of stopping it a couple of times. But Mike Cano, in fairness to him, you know, he wanted to go. But yeah, I think I think when you're when you're four rounds up like an RDA's position, it probably is hard to you know take risks in the fifth round when you know this guy is kind of coming on strong. So I probably would agree a little bit that Desanios took his foot off the gas in terms of not taking as as many chances when he didn't need to. It probably didn't need to be five rounds, but you know if if. <laughs> If it, if, it, if it was if it was three rounds, it probably would have been even worse for Mikano. You know, Ordia could have went at an even higher pace and maybe maybe put him away. Good so point, yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think I don't really mind it being five rounds. To be honest, I, I, more high level five rounds, I'd probably be happy with. Yeah, uh, I just think for this one specifically, it didn't really make sense. Obviously, uh, you know, Dos Anjos was, was a late. Yeah. yeah, he was supposed to fight. Um, who was he supposed to fight? Just looking down here, he was supposed to fight Fizayev. Yeah, obviously, he was supposed to be a main event. And then it was moved to this, and then Fizayev got the All Rona, uh, which is apparently still exists. Fair play to it. Um, but and then they, they kind of kept the fight round. I don't know why they kept the fight rounds. It was very, very odd. Just very bizarre. Uh, maybe it was because the Sanyas is prepared for five rounds, and the UFC are weird like that. They don't like changing things. But I don't think the Sanyas. Maybe Mikano wanted it for some reason. Maybe he thought it would yeah. benefit him. But maybe and you know Dana White is throwing Isla Makachev under the bus multiple times this week as well, saying he offered a fight. Uh, everyone thought it was going to happen, and Makachev turned it down. Which look turning down a fight on a week's notice against Dosanyas is probably the smart move to be honest like let, yeah let, but with Dana the way Dana can, can carry on <laughs> it might not be in the long term yeah that's, that is true but yeah, if you lo- if you lose though you're, you're fucked but anyway on this fight like Dosanyos Dosanyos fought very very well he did exactly what he needed to do you know we, we talked about it on the preview show what Dosanyos is great at a lot of the time is coming inside making it tough on the inside landing that big left hand putting you against the cage, taking you down at times, and just grinding out, landing big hard shots inside. I thought his jab looked very, very good in this fight as well. But for Mikano, I, I tweeted last night, I've never, ever, ever seen someone who can fundamentally change as a fighter as much as Mikano does from fight to fight. Like, I remember saying in the, after the last fight, it was only a few weeks ago, that, like, Mikano was jabbing out there again. He was playing like that long game. He was playing... The game that I love to see Mikano playing and like, oh, why didn't he do this in his last couple of fights or his last fight specifically, I think. Um, and I, thank God he's back to that now. And then this fight happens and he's gone back again. <laughs> fight. I, I can't believe it. Like someone like Mikano, who is such a good jab and who can, can control fights with jabs so often that in this fight, you, you heard his corner roaring at him, but to, uh, I think it was after the third round. Jab, 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 jab. And then when I was watching the fight, that was me roaring at him. Jab, jab, jab. It was... It, I, I actually could not believe it. Like, he was throwing one jab and then throwing, like, a straight left... Or, sorry, a straight right and then a left hook or whatever the combination might be. It's like, you look at the way Dos Anjos is fighting and he's coming inside, he's getting that jab and throwing the, the straight after it or coming in with, you know, into the body or something like that. All you need to do, you're longer than him, you're, you're you know, you're ranger than him. He's not... 
he actually wasn't rushing forward that much, Dos Anjos, and he was kind of playing on the back foot a little bit. Like, Mykano could have just jabbed him and jabbed him and jabbed him and jabbed him and won the fight that way. Maybe, well, maybe not won the fight that way, but, uh, you know, fought a lot better that way. But he just... He just didn't do it every time. It was it was combination stuff. Like you don't need that sort of thing, I think, against Dos Anjos because you're making yourself like a shorter fighter. You need, especially when you're coming in. You know, it's it's five rounds. It's on short notice. Take the, take it easy. You know, just. Uh, I don't know. As someone who loves that way of fighting and sees my can of fighting that way often, to see him not fighting that way when that way wins him the fight, in my opinion, or, or you know, makes the fight a lot closer than it actually is, is just heartbreaking. <laughs> you know, it really, it really, really is. It's like, what are you doing? Why, why are you not fighting that way? But look, he did take it on short notice. You never know what happens as well early in fights. He could have felt a little bit of, uh, you know, a few leg or he could have felt that the jab of, of RDA was too much and he needed to adjust and he needed to change things up but he he has previous for this so I'm, I don't know if I have any excuses for him I just uh yeah, I felt very disappointed in the way my can of fights. In, and then just because, you know, I'm I'm not sad, I'm disappointed kind of way, you know, because <laughs> I like that fight so much. What, what did you think of it? Yeah, he, obviously his corner is shouting for it. He, 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 as you said, he's done it in previous fights successfully. I think I think he just might be one of these guys that's a bit inconsistent. And if he, if he my dog doesn't like that. But if he, like he's a bit inconsistent and if he doesn't get into his groove, then it kind of all falls apart. Yeah, the, the the dog definitely doesn't like what he does. Doesn't like that one, but yeah, he, he is. He's there aren't that many fighters in MMA anymore. I think who it's hard to read which fighter is going to show up. There are a few, you know. I think even Bobby Green was always one of them. I don't think he's one of them anymore. Okay, he lost to Makachev on short notice a couple of weeks ago and stuff. But he, I don't. I think he is more consistent now. Even Kevin Holland last night. Uh, we, we'll get to him in a second. But I, I feel like do after you, last night, do, do you think the the inconsistency the which guy shows up thing is a mental thing and with mental things they can kind of come up again even if you you know if you think you've kind of overcome it you, you can maybe get back into that mindset like it feels so doesn't it because like yeah. it, it was from the very it seems start to never go away like, like for some of these guys yeah it was from the very very start it wasn't it wasn't you know i, I said earlier like, oh he could have hit him with a leg kick or hit him with a big jab and it changed every, all his plans but it just felt like he started in a negative mindset, and that can happen in fights. You know, fighters get into like I'm, I'm, I'm sure they're not thinking it, but like the way they're physically showing it, it's subconscious that I'm going, I'm going to lose this fight. You know, it's it's weird. It just happens sometimes that fighters come out in a losing mentality, and that, that sounds weird, but it, it is actually true that you know, like a lad is just going to lose that fight from the very start. And now someone like Mikano is tough as hell, and he stayed in there. And when when I say what I said there is, is a, I suppose a hard thing to explain and I should go further it's like it's not it's it's not that it's not a it's not that it's a losing mentality it's that it's not a winning mentality if you get me and when you're down so far like Mikano was you can actually change that to a winning mentality late like he tried to do like he tried to win that fight late more than he tried to win it early which was which was very very weird but it, I think it's a confidence thing if you take it to like soccer yeah. or football like if somebody like is in form if they've if they've scored you know a hat trick in the last game that they're probably going to play a lot better than if they've if they missed a penalty and uh, an open goal in the last game you know or even or even more simply like get someone getting on the ball in midfield you know that's a very hard thing to do you you know you see it with Fabinho obviously doing it for uh, for Liverpool or like you know 
Roy Keane back in the day or you know Tony Cruz or whoever it might be in midfield gets on the ball and dictates the play like to me that's like what a jab is in MMA you can dictate the fight you can dictate the pace of the fight with that jab but you have to be very very confident to do that and you have to be very kind of secure in your ability you know and if you get a, if you're Fabinho and you get on the ball and next thing you've you know N'Golo Kante running at you running down and uh, you know he tackles you once the next time you get the ball you know you you might be a little bit more scared. Doesn't nice the bad word? You know what I mean. You might be think about it a little You'd bit more. Hurried, hurried, yeah, hurried, yeah. And, and and the next time you might kick it out for a fucking throw or something. I, th- you know, Mike Anno was that way from the very start, from the very very start of the fight, and you know he couldn't get it going at all. But credit to Dosanyas, he put it on him. Uh, he did exactly what he needed to do. What what did you think of kind of the the non stoppage here? Um. <sighs> Like the, the 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 corner in terms of the corner, like they probably should have stopped it, but there was pretty much no chance of that happening in my mind. It just doesn't really happen in MMA. I thought the ref was was on the on the borderline, and the the doctor kind of want they kind of wanted to pawn it off on each other who was going to make the decision. And the ref kind of asked, "Oh, can he see?" He said he could see. So then he, he said, "Fight." So it's one of them where if he if he had called it, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. But leaving it go, I didn't have a problem with it either. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of agree. I honestly the the pawning it off bit was the biggest issue for me. Like that's what Goddard is supposed to do, to be fair, so I wouldn't criticize Goddard for it. But the referee trying to like pawn it off back on Goddard was like, What are you doing? Like you're you're the one like, just, he, he said like something like this, it's justifiable to stop it or to let it go or yeah. something like that. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It's it's like, like, this is why you're been asked in here, mate. Like this is literally <laughs> yeah. why you're working tonight. Uh, yeah, that to me was the oddest part of it all. Um I uh, look, I don't. I think Mike Hanno was intelligently defending themselves at all times. I don't think he was like badly overwhelmed at any time. But that eye did look really bad, to be honest. And you have to put all those things together. You know, he was he had taken a lot of shots. He taken a lot of damage. Um, there wasn't that much coming back in the third and fourth, and that eye was badly damaged. I look. I think if Goddard had kind of stepped in there and said after the uh, after looking at the doctor and said, "Look, the fight's over," I don't think anyone would have been cribbing or crying about it. But I think the doctor, the way he spoke, like Mark Goddard almost couldn't stop it at that stage. You know, it was weird because he was look. Look, Mark Goddard basically told the doctor, "Tell me to stop it, and I'll stop it." Kind of job, and the doctor kind of refused to do that. So. I, I would blame the doctor more and I know I've, I've, I was talking to a manager recently and uh, <laughs> he was kind of saying that the doctors or something they have often have a big problem with is like they don't take enough authority they don't do um, you know they don't say the right thing at the right time in fights like that especially over in uh, over in the States and that's uh, that can be a big issue you know an issue maybe we talk about again in the future but yeah I am um, I, I don't think it was the worst in the world, to be honest, but Mike Hanna was never winning that fight at that stage, and I, I think everyone listening to this podcast would like fights to be stopped at that stage, and, uh, you know, it wasn't, but however. Um, Bryce Mitchell and Edson Barboza. I, I, look, I wax lyrical about Edson Barboza and him as a fighter, and I, I stand by everything I said. Uh, during the week, but this was a very disappointing display, I thought, from Barboza. Very good for Mitchell, but at the same time, like it felt like Barboza had kind of decided to lose as well in this fight, and that's not like Barboza at all. He didn't do that against Habib. He didn't do it against others. Like when you get taken down and you immediately close the guard, 
like that's a bad sign that is really and okay you know if you know there's a lot of stuff coming from Bryce Mitchell you know you're going to get hurt absolutely look close the guard protect yourself but there was like three and a half minutes left in, in the round you're up against the cage why not try to get your back to the cage try to wall walk try to push his and head that, down that's try what to he usually up. would do especially yeah. in the early rounds when he still he'd use a lot of explosion and he'd use a lot of strength and you know try to stay on his feet and back himself on the feet and he just yeah as you said he just seemed to settle for the, the ground position you know sometimes when you're in dead center of the cage and you think oh maybe I'm, I won't be able to scoot all my way over there because obviously Bryce Mitchell wouldn't would know that that's what he's trying to do but as you said when you're that close to the cage when you're fresh when you, you know that this is your 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 opponent's game plan you must have prepared for this it was just a yeah it was a a strange decision, a kind of defeatist uh, decision to, to close the guard. You know, maybe he's dealing with some kind of injuries or something like that. I don't, I don't know. It was out of character and it, it was definitely the wrong decision. But having said that, you know, I think Bryce Mitchell just just had too much for him. He, even if, even if um, Barboza had been able to put his back up against the fence and work his way out, I think Mitchell would have been on him again and probably, you know, done what uh, did to him what, what we saw uh, him do uh, as the rounds went on and I think uh, you know Bryce Mitchell really showed a lot here obviously um, we talked about Edson Barbosa on the podcast on the podcast a, a lot he's he's much more well-rounded than just a striker um, than just a striker he was when he first came into the UFC but you know Mitchell's grappling is just on a completely different level yeah like there were, there were some nice early leg kicks from Edson Barbosa but then Mitchell hurt him with that lovely I think it was a left hand uh, inside and ended up taking him down after that and that's when Edson closed the guard and just kind of stayed in that closed guard he didn't manage to get up late and looked lively looked like he was still going but Bryce Mitchell definitely won that first in the second it was immediately taken down and closed guard again caught with an elbow um, you know when he did manage to get to a hip though he got up and it's weird because every time he did it in the first round, he managed to, to get a bit of space and he got up. In the second round, the first time he tried to get out to a hip, he got back up. And that was that was the most frustrating part, I think. We're looking on. It's like, he can get up. It's not... Like, I, I think Bryce Mitchell fought well. Really, I, I really do. But I think it was more Barboza just accepting it than anything else. I think he could have gotten out of those positions a lot you know, easier than he did. He just didn't try. Like, he he literally didn't try. Like, sometimes in MMA, you're, okay, we might be a bit harsh, and we don't, we don't want to be harsh on these fighters at all. I have, I have great respect for him. Anyone listened to the podcast earlier in the week would have seen the respect I have for Barboza. But when you close guard and just accept that position for rounds on end, that, that's... That's just not good enough at this level. Like, if you're wanting to fight for the 145-pound title with the level of fighters that are there, you can't be closing guard and praying that the referee stands you up or that, uh, you know, that the round lend and the next time I'll win it. You need to be getting fucking up. Look at Jose Aldo. That's how he became a legend. He just refused to stay on the ground. If you're a fighter like Edson Barboza and you're a... Okay, you said Dicker Graham, he's become a well-rounded fighter, and he has... But you're winning those fights by kicking someone in the fucking head or knocking them out. You need to be getting back up. Uh, and he usually would. He, it, that's why it's so disappointing as well with Barbosa. He usually would. But he just didn't here. Another point is all I want to make is we move on from this fight. I feel like, I mean, we discussed this briefly before, but the fans coming back and some of these fighters coming from fighting in front of no one to fighting now in front of 25,000 or whatever it is, I think it's affecting them. I think Kevin Holland we're going to talk about in the next fight, I think it, it affected him positively because he wasn't able to get into his own head and he was concentrated. But other lads, I think it's 
you could, I've never seen fighters being as like caught in the headlights as they have been recently. I don't know. It's it's a weird one, and I think maybe we look back at this, and it's it's harder to look at it in real time and and kind of uh, acknowledge it and see what's happening. But I think we might look back at this time and say some fighters lost fights there that they wouldn't normally lose or performed ways that that they wouldn't normally perform because of kind of the change in atmosphere. It was very hard to change for no one being there. I'm sure it's very, very hard to change back as well. It's like, you know, going from a small arena with 200 people uh, to fighting in, you know, the tree arena or fighting in the Madison Square Garden or whatever it might be. I I think that's a, a big part as well, but uh, we will uh, we will leave that one behind. What do you think of Kevin Holland, Graham? Good, good performance here from him. Yeah, well, it didn't start so well. Like uh, Oliver is obviously, you know, he's he, he's a veteran. He's been around a long time. He's got a lot of experience, and he's quite well rounded. And he did cause some problems for Kevin Holland uh, at the start of the round. But you know, uh, Kevin Holland's just he's just a way better fighter uh, in terms of uh, the techniques he has, the the arsenal he has. It's just. It's as you said. It's just in his own head. Sometimes he he fucks he fucks the fight up for himself, basically. Um, and this time, you know, it looked like it could have been going that way. Like you know, Alex Oliver was growing and growing in um, confidence and getting his game going. But yeah, just the 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 tools of Kevin Holland and the ability is is definitely all there. It's just it's just putting it together, and we we see it in little, little glimpses, and it's it's enough to, to to beat a lot of guys, but. You know, if 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 he starts slowly against better guys than Alex Oliveira, he's putting himself in trouble. And even though he looked really good um, finishing this fight, I don't think it it showed that the problems of of the past are, are gone for Kevin Holland. Yeah, I thought it was a good performance in that he didn't freeze mentally. You know, he didn't start talking. Once it started went wrong, kind of started going wrong at the start of the fight. He kind of kept his cool more than before, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, yeah, and and not even that. You know, it just he didn't lose concentration more than anything else. Because it's I don't think he necessarily loses his cool. He almost gets too cool. I think Kevin Holland does. You know, and and starts talking to people and everything. And he was fully concentrated for the full fight. The one worrying thing I would say is, and I agree with your point about the first round, especially for Oliveira. Um, it, this was a fight where someone was getting knocked out at some stage. You know, it just looked like what it, it could have been Oliveira, could have been Holland. Holland landed that lovely shot and, and was able to finish Oliveira uh, on the ground. And uh, it was a great stoppage as well by Chris Tyone. He gave Oliveira some time, uh, but then went in and and, um, and stopped it at the right time. But it did feel like it was going to be whoever lands that first big shot is going to is going to get the knockout here, and that's not a great sign if you're Kevin Holland and you're going down in weight class fighting a guy who's coming up in weight class or has fought down at one fifty five anyway, uh, and you're supposed to be one of the the best in the world. Yeah, I, look, it's there are good and good and bad things to take from it, and I think he will take the good more than the bad here, and and that might be a a bad thing at all for for Kevin Holland to realize this is the way he kind of needs to fight in terms of mentality the the uh, the ability and the the you know the the base kind of fundamentals are something that can improve in terms of how he outputs them in the fight uh, and the, the game plan he has but um yeah I think mentality is the biggest issue for Kevin Holland uh, and everything else will come together if he has that and hopefully he will have that because if he does as you said a great great fighter my, myself and uh, myself and Ian O'Neill are dead right and I said he'd be champion by the end of like 2019 or whatever it was and you know maybe, maybe 2021 probably easy now probably not but anyway um, the main card then opened up there isn't much to say about this one Sergey Spivak just big brother Greg Hardy 
pushed him against the cage, took him down. Greg Hardy, absolutely terrible takedown defense. Uh, just destroyed him, really. Ended up finishing him with, uh, with ground and pound uh, midway through the first round. Is this it for Greg Hardy, Graham, you reckon? Um, like Spencer Coyte was on the, the pre-show. You guys did the pre-show stream. And he was saying that like, we, obviously we don't see it as much over here because NFL isn't as, as prevalent over here. And even if it is, it's on late at night or it's on, you know, um, it's it's not on um, what, what free, you call TV, it, right? yeah, it's free TV. Yeah, so a lot, of, a lot of people aren't into it and we don't really see that stuff. And obviously uh, Spencer was saying that he's a kind of bigger star than than maybe we would know. But I don't think the pay-per-view numbers have reflected much boost from from greg hardy recently anyway like these as you said these numbers these pay-per-view numbers that dana was talking about he wasn't he wasn't hyping them up and you know greg hardy was on the was on the main card here so if you see you're looking at that he's probably on a bit more wages than maybe he should be for what he's bringing to the company so yeah this this could be the end of greg hardy greg hardy in the ufc yeah i feel like the ufc will give him one more and then he'd be gonzo but uh, this was such a bad performance in terms of like you're fighting a guy who's a good fighter but not a world beater by any uh, stretch of the imagination and he got absolutely destroyed here like you know, I, I said last night it was Minigan's boys and it really was like uh, it, it, Greg Hardy couldn't lay a glove on him it was just a destruction from uh, from the very very start and when you're a guy who's like that athletic and supposed to be that fast and good on the feet it it uh, not a great look. So, uh, yeah, good stuff by Spivak. Very, very good performance by him. But uh, I think a lot of those heavyweights in, in that range will probably be looking for Greg Hardy and thinking, Here, here's an easy win and fans will love me after it. So, uh, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, let's run through this undercard. Um, Jalen Turner looked absolutely fantastic. What a performance from him. Just smooth so relaxed. Feet. Yeah, uh, so relaxed, so smooth. Very confident in himself, as you were kind of saying earlier. Earlier, like you, obviously you're you're vulnerable when you throw strikes to counters, but you you got to believe in your head movement. You got to believe in your your strike and your ability and your your chin sometimes as well, like the ability to take a shot. And yeah, he seems to have a lot, a lot of potential. The one thing I thought when about three minutes into the fight he had kind of destroyed Malarkey and he was caught up and everything like that. But he didn't finish him, right? And Malarkey started to come back a little bit in terms of like he wasn't he, he wasn't getting finished. He was hurt, but he was kind of fighting through it and he started landing maybe one or two shots, not that much. At that point, a lot of fighters, and it might be a weird thing to say in, in a, a destruction like this, but a lot of fighters at that point would go, fuck, I can't finish him, bollocks anyway. And maybe not lose the fight from that point but give up on looking for the finish or just have a, like a little bit of a more subpar performance at that stage but Jalen Turner absolutely didn't as you said cool calm collected that's when you know a fighter is good that's when you know they're in form when they look that calm and can destroy someone like that you know McGregor was the, the king of that I think looking so calm and doing it you know, with such confidence. And to me, Jalen Turner, that's what he looked. Look, he's, his record is 12-5, and five, so you're looking at yeah, prospects so the, coming through. I was going to say, though, 12-5, yeah. and five, you're, you're not looking at an undefeated fighter who hasn't felt the, yeah. the adversity yet, hasn't been knocked out. He's been finished with punches a couple of times. You know, he's lost fights uh, by decision. You know, he's had it go wrong. So he, 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 just seems, he just seems to have a lot of tools. And 
he, he seems to be confident in his ability and that's it like we talk about the mental aspect in, on this podcast holding potentially holding people back but you know if you believe in yourself you, you can beat guys maybe who have all around better games than, than you and you know if, if, if he can look if he can come out looking like he did in this fight with that confidence uh, in future fights which I'm like you know no reason to, to believe he won't he's coming he's coming off two rear naked choke finishes so he, should, he, he like he's He's showing that he can do it all, and this is a this is an interesting guy to watch. Like uh, I hadn't really hadn't really taken much notice of him up to here, but I'm de- I'm definitely interested to see what he does next and how he how he looks going forward. Conceive, believe, twenty six years old, you know, achieve. I, do you know I want to see him fight next? Penny Pimblet. You have two up and coming prospects, two guys who've been around the block. You know, have had you know, over fifteen fights each. Uh, I think that'd be a good matchmaking, honestly. I think he'd destroy Paddy Pimblet, don't get me wrong, but I, I think that'd be a good fight, and uh, I'd like to see... Another, Paddy, Paddy's probably fighting in London upcoming, is he? If he manages to win that, I think uh, I think that'd be a good fight. But anyway, uh, Marine Rodriguez, uh, Yan Xiaonan. I thought Yan won this fight. Look, honestly, it was a close one. Oh, so did I, actually. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I think a lot of people did, to be honest. Uh, Yan landed the harder shots in round one. I don't think there's anyone... Uh, disputing that I thought she did in round two as well Rodriguez was just missing so many shots swinging wildly uh, just yeah. wildly missing like every shot um, I thought Rodriguez won the third but that was close as well uh, you know two and three were war close don't get me wrong but I, I just thought Yen won that second like, uh, when you when you see her landing shots early in the round and Rodriguez did land a few late don't get me wrong but Rodriguez just whiffed on so many shots and in Yan like Rodriguez was throwing four just shots did look a lot more kind of crisp and precise yeah. and powerful as well and Yan was or, uh, Rodriguez was throwing like four shots landing none and then Yan had land one but it looked like Rodriguez was doing more I think Yan was actually landing more and then the, the stats came up and they had Rodriguez outlander. I was like what the fuck are those those stats were ridiculous significant strikes they need to rename that to like yeah. to like overall strikes or yeah. something because significant makes it seem something that complete just isn't at all yeah and I I don't know as well Who's the, who are the people looking at them saying the ones that landed because god almighty if, if Marina Rodriguez strikes that are anything more than like 25% landing and landing, <laughs> landing punches to the arms and the but landing them nowhere landing them to the fucking air like Frankie Edgar it was so I don't know but anyway look it was a close fight there wasn't too much in it I I thought it was a great fight in round three, um, but it, it felt, this this is a fight that needed five rounds maybe. You know, it was on it all. It was just getting going and it was over. But um, it was a good fight. But I think people were waxing lyrical too much about it. I think it was a very good fight in round three. I'd like to see him fight again. To be honest, I know it doesn't maybe make sense or anything, but um, I, I think it'd be a better fight if they fought a second time. But anyway, you know, Rodriguez goes on. A lot of people, she's 16-1. A lot of people want to see her fight. Yoanni uh, and Jacek. Dana said last night it's going to be Joanna versus Whaley too, so that's not happening. So maybe maybe the rematch is there. Or, you know, Maybe she'll sit out and try to fight the winner of Carla Esparza, Rose Namunas, if that ever happens. So we'll see on that one. Um, the next fight then was Nick uh, Nigamurianu against Kenny Njukwu. Um, and this went to a split decision. And this really showed the people uh, talking about <laughs> judging and adding up numbers really just lose the plot when anything kind of odd happens at all. So it was... Kennedy and Juku won the fight 30-27 on one judge's card, right? So the point taken away, that's 29-27. And then Negomarianu won the fight 29-28 on two judges' cards, so won the fight 
29.27 with the point taken away for Njuku. So it was three 29.27s, one of them for Njuku and the other two for Nigamariano. But people did not understand how that happened at all. But it's, it's very simple. Like, it's very, very simple. Now, after that, do do, do I think Nigamariano uh, deserved to win two of those rounds? I Probably not. They were close. Um, the first, the first was very close. The second, I thought, was uh, yeah. and Zuku uh, pretty, pretty clearly, and the third was was a draw with the point taken. Yeah, well, it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought Zuku uh, definitely won the third round anyway, but uh, it came down. Well, not definitely, but it was, it was a weird. It was one of those weird fights where Nigga Mariani was landing shots, especially. I thought that second round was a very hard one to judge. Um, he was landing shots, but Zuku was landing a, like a little bit harder, but not hard enough to say oh you know um effective striking wins it because okay effective striking is great and all but if you're getting outlanded fucking 100 shots to four and those four shots are not big knockout blows then the the judges are not going to give you that round so i can absolutely see why they gave it to nigga mariano look it wasn't as obtuse as i make it sound there but yeah i would have just given it to njuku i gave him all three rounds but barely but i can absolutely see what it wasn't a great fight it wasn't great quality and uh it's one you know i I don't i think if the point wasn't taken i don't think many people would be uh too complaining about it so yeah it was it was a weird one what was the point taken for again i can't remember eye poke eye poke was it oh yeah Sure, look, these it was persistent. He literally got warned like three or four times uh, before, yeah. I, constantly pawing out like the old John Jones technique. <laughs> I have a terrible memory. Um, Ukraine's own Marina Moroz won then uh, against Maria Agapova. Ended up getting the iron triangle choke uh, in the uh, in the second round. Very very good performance uh, from her. Looked dominant from the from the opening and gave a shout out to Ukraine. Very very emotional afterwards. Uh, it was it was you know it was tough it was tough listening to that in fair play there must be tough for her to fight we see other sports people around the world from the ukraine uh taking part in their events and it's 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 great to see but also very very sad at the same time and um you know great stuff from uh from rose and a very very good win you know she's 11 and 3 as well she moves on in that division and you know not the, the deepest division in the world you could see her fighting for a title uh in the next year and i remember i said that in the, the previous one and you absolutely could so good performance from her uh then we had uh umar namagamedov um defeating brian kelleher uh it's a bit weird you see a russian and fighting and then a ukrainian the next one with you know with all the and maybe this is a a better uh a better topic for for somewhere else to, to speak about but um there's lots of russians getting banned all over the place in different sports and to be honest i don't know what the right thing to do is i'm not fucking smart enough to, to talk about that but like it's it's just a bit weird to see it in the ufc and see it in mma but in mma there's such a, a a, a massive Russian community and like I think um, well, I, I'm not sure I think it wasn't Magomedov who said like in his post fight thing like a uh, peace to the world or something like that and then the guy didn't translate it I saw that tweet going around which I don't know if it's true now or not please someone uh, verify that but if it did that's that's a good sign and probably why you should have people like him fighting or, or partaking in things but I, I don't know what the right answer is to be honest I, I would probably lean the other way but you can't it's very hard it's going to be very hard to like ban Russians in, in mixed martial arts but I don't know that's someone for smarter than me but I, I think someone needs to have that conversation and maybe you know I, um, I was talking about getting Philip O'Connor on maybe I'll do that this week and I'll, I'll reach out to him and try to get him on and discuss that on, on Patreon this week but look nevertheless I know Miranda Magomedov 
whose name is very hard to pronounce. We, look, we've heard Habib Nurmagomedov, easy, we know, but when it's Umar, there's like two URs, and there's, there isn't, but it's weird. It's a hard name to say. Umar Nurmagomedov, people are taking the piss out of Joe Rogan, but I, I understand it. But yeah, dominant, dominant display against Brian Keller. This was easy for him. Looked good on the feet, obviously. He throws those kicks very well. Landing some left hands and... You know, took him down and, and just choked him out. There wasn't really much uh, into it. Uh, then we had the Tim Elliott-Ulanbekov uh, Ul- uh, fight. Uh, Elliott was losing the first, despite the commentators like talking about Tim Elliott being the fucking next coming of Anderson Silva. But then he knocked down Ulanbekov late in round one to win it. Second was very, very close. Uh, Ulanbekov won the third for me pretty handily. I uh, got taken down and smashed. But, you know, Tim Elliott ended up winning the fight by a unanimous decision. I don't see... Too much wrong with that, to be honest. That close, uh, close, close second round. round yeah, yeah. I, I probably thought it was the, the wrong decision, but yeah, it was it was so close that he could have went either way in that second round, and, and it, it did go Elliot's way. But uh, yeah, definitely, definitely no robbery. Yeah. It's been a while since we've had a since we've had a UFC robbery bar mm. Texas. Yeah, oh, I don't know. The judging is so bad. You know, it's it's. I, I had uh, I Luani telling me the other day that there's three bad scorecards in every UFC card, so. Well, they're probably like they have the right guys winning the fights nearly all the time, bar the really, really close ones where there's a there's a disputed round. You know, there might be a mad scorecard in there by a judge every every four or five fights, but I think they're getting the, the right decision nearly yeah, all the time. Absolutely. And it's funny, people who pay attention to the fights and really break it down like we do every week or the lads over in the Couchside uh, Judges podcast. I think when you listen to people who actually break down all the time and don't just like roar and shout, I'm not just talking about Aria, but other people as well, the vast majority of people just like roar and shout every time there's a somewhat controversial decision that they think is somewhat controversial. Well, even I think it's not influenced by like significant strikes and live odds. You could even, yeah. I can't remember which fight it was during, but the commentary team like oh, completely yeah. changed who they were, they who they were saying was winning because of, because of the, they were like, oh, uh, oh, he's minus 1700 or yeah. he's plus 1700. Oh no, oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. The other guy's winning. The Kennedy and Juku fight. He was plus 750 to win that fight. And I was like, this guy is winning fucking all three rounds here. I couldn't believe it. But, uh, you know, in, in the end, uh, he was right. But however, yeah, uh, I, I totally agree. Yeah, things, it's weird the way things things influence people, like, in a, in a very weird way. And it's very hard to stay, like, kind of cold to it at times, which you need to do when you're talking about the actual rules and actual judging and actual decision making. In, in, in so. fairness, though, you do have to watch with, really with a fine tooth comb. You really have oh, to pay you attention. Do, yeah. Or you're, you're just, you, you don't know what's going on and you're you're happy to see those significant strikes pop up to kind of, yeah. you know, who's who, what's going on in this fight again? <laughs> you know what Absolutely. I mean? Oh, okay, this guy, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I saw people uh, scoring the second round in the main event over in, over in America, even though the ESPN broadcast went down for everyone. And there's people tweeting out their scores. There could have been fucking four knockdowns in the 10 seconds and went off. How can you tweet out your score when you miss 10 seconds of the fight? That was ludicrous. Like, if you see it, go over and look at MMA decisions and see anyone from America who put up, uh, that didn't stream the fight, <laughs> illegally, uh, who put up their score. And it's just a farce. There's no way, unless you went back and well, watched it. In own. other countries, it might not have went down. You know. Yeah, but the, I'm talking about America. I said specifically America, but anyway. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Ludovic Klein in, Devante Smith. Uh, Klein won the first, uh, close second, second and third. Yeah. yeah, the third was close. Yeah. I, I had a 3 0 to Klein. Um, not not too much in that one. Uh, split decision, yeah. Dustin Jacoby then got the unanimous decision over Mikhail Olechechuk. I forgot to write any notes for this, and I can't remember what happened. So, yeah, fair play to 
Justin Jacoby. Do you know what this Ro- Marshall Rogan thing is? They, every fighter kept mentioning it. It's like no some, idea. it's like some NFT cryptocurrency Ugh. thing that is like apparently giving money to fighters or something. I've no idea what this is to be honest, but yeah, it's yeah, uh, all this. I don't know what the, going on with all this stuff. All the Premier League clubs and in yeah. soccer. I, I don't know what the did you what hear the benefit on, uh, to this is. I don't understand. Do you understand hear on anything. second captains? They were talking about one of the Premier League clubs signed up to a completely fake cryptocurrency and were doing like a sponsorship deal and they never even existed. Did you hear about that? Yeah, uh, yeah. That, that goes on. That goes on. Well, like not usually they know that it's a it's a fake company, but <laughs> yeah. The the difference here is they didn't know it's a fake company. It's Teams or they, yeah, maybe they did, and they're just who's like, that? oh, 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 we didn't know. And yeah. who's that Man yeah. City you're talking about? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're sponsored by this company that doesn't exist. You are uh, giving us all this money. We're both anti Man City today, anyway, so we're all good. But anyway, uh, next week's card. There's three big cards next week. Um, the UFC card is Chago Santos versus Ankalaev. Uh, Marlon Rice versus Sonia Dong, Bruno Silva, Alex Pereira. So some good fights there. Sadiq Yusuf, Alex Cesaro. That's a great fight. I like Robertson versus Roundtree. Terence McKinney is coming in on short notice to take on Drew Dober. This is actually a really, really good card, to be honest. Uh, Chris Matinho, who put up a great performance against Sean O'Malley, is fighting Guido Cadetti. Uh, Tafan and Chukwi is on this card as well. So, yeah, all round, this is actually... I, I like this card an awful lot, and I'm looking forward to the lads breaking it down. I might even jump on the live stream on uh, probably Thursday night, so we'll break that down there. But so a few standout fights there, Graham. What, what do you think of the main event as well? Uh, Santos versus Ankalaev. Actually, I know Harry Powell absolutely loves Ankalaev. Yeah. I went back yeah. and I watched some of his fights last night. This guy is a good fighter, to be fair. Yeah, I think Thiago Santos is, has a big, big uh, problem here. Um... Ankalaev is. Uh, I, I can't see. I can't see anything else other than than, uh, than the victory here. Thiago Santos isn't quite what he what he was, and even when he was at his peak, I think he was it was a little overrated. But like looking down the card, yeah, the Marmorite Yadong Song fight. That's that's a great fight. Um, Alex Caceres, you never really know what you're going to get with him. Uh, the Alex Pereira as well. There's, there's just some interesting interesting things we're going to see. Yeah. We're going to see. Um, you know where guys are at and. Um, you know, I think Alex Pereira obviously is a is a very good striker. Um, but we we've seen a lot of guys come in, and when when it, when you get up the division and you meet these really well rounded guys who can who can do it all, he's going to run into some some problems, I think. But for the moment, it's interesting to see to see his rise, and you know, you never know. Um, yeah, the the early prelims maybe aren't aren't the best. There's some hard hard to call fights, but yeah, for for. For a card with no big name on it, there's uh, some very good fights and it yeah. should be interesting. I really like it, yeah. I, I tend to agree with you on the main event as well. I think Aguilaev is fighting at a southpaw position as well. I think it's going to be a little bit awkward for Santos, who hasn't been... Uh, I, you're, you're right, I think a little bit maybe overrated from where he was at the very top because of the way kind of John Jones fought against him. But since he did those two knees, I don't think he's looked good. Even though he did, you know, not a bad performance against Johnny Walker, but... Uh, yeah, I think Ankalaev will win this one as well. It's, but it's an interesting fight. And the rest, uh, I, I would tend to agree. Alex Pereira is the guy who uh, knocked out Israel Adesanya, isn't he, in, in the kickboxing? So yeah. he's definitely one to, to keep an eye on there. And uh, Caceres is, is, if Caceres isn't ranked now, he's very, very close. Sadiq Yusuf, a very good fighter as well. I love that fight. That's an absolutely brilliant fight. So, yeah. Looking forward to a lot on this card. Uh, Bellator Din, Bellator 276, obviously coming off the last card uh, in Dublin. 
the main event is £145 um, contender fight. I think the winner of this will be fighting the winner of AJ McKee versus Pitbull. Uh, it's Adam Barracks versus Mads Burnell. You know, everyone knows uh, Mads Burnell in in this region, I suppose, having fought in cage wars and been very, very unlucky to fight, fall out of the UFC after losing to just Mikel Pereira's and Ireland Allen. You know, he had won, uh, you know, a fight against Mike Santiago in the middle but went back to Cage Warriors dominated there you know beat the likes of Dean Truman and Steve Amiable and then has gone into Bellator and looked great as well he's got uh, beat Emmanuel Sanchez in a very very good performance uh, last summer after beating Saul Rogers as well before that so he's very very good and Adam Barrow uh, Adam Barrocks has been around for a long time now at this stage he's only lost this to the former champion uh, Darian Calder you know he's beaten Aaron Pico he's beaten uh, Mike Hamill Pat Kern, Eric, Pat Kern and Eric Sanchez and others as well so uh, he's a very very good prospect uh, as well and you know maybe more than a prospect now at this stage lots of you know I think he's 10, 10 of those fights have, have uh, ended inside the distance so that should be uh, that should be a good fight and I'll, I'll be talking about that more over on Sherdog as well anyway and, and this yeah. card both, in, in both general, guys are only 28 years old it seems like they've been around a lot longer does, yeah. especially Mad Burnett for now the comment I'm not a big fan of this one mostly because Phil Davis is in it it's probably going to be boring I do like Anglicus I think he's a well-rounded good fighter almost knocked out Nimcock in his last fight um, but I think he's going to find it hard against Davis just because everyone finds it hard against Davis um, yeah, it's, it's really difficult to look good against Davis and uh, yeah it's been a while since we've had I don't know, don't know if we've ever had a, an exciting <laughs> Phil Davis fight unless it was a squash match at the start of his kind of UFC run but uh, yeah this could be one where, where half the audience falls asleep before the main event uh, Johnny Eblen then he's fighting against John Salter who obviously fought for the he fought for the title against Musashi recently if I'm not mistaken in the middleweight division so that could be a contender fight if uh, if Eblen wins certainly I think because uh, you know Musashi's always looking for contenders same could be said for JJ Wilson who's a brilliant brilliant prospect he's 8-0 fighting Rabs above there I believe he's fighting out of Habib's gym if I'm not mistaken um, and then there's the rest of the card as well Derek Anderson versus uh, Gori Yamaguchi uh, Diana Agasarov who you know people will probably know from Instagram and stuff Cody Law is on the card as well one of their best up and comers so um, yeah all in all not the best card in the world but some good fights on and I, I, I will be uh, probably tuning in and then as well Eagle FC is happening which at this stage, you know, I saw someone tweeting the other day and they were like, how is Eagle FC still fucking happening? Where's the money coming from? Because where is the money coming from? I know people are saying Habib Nurmagomedov owns it, but I don't think Habib Nurmagomedov is coming out here paying a few hundred grand for Diego Sanchez and Kevin Lee. So I wonder uh, I wonder how many more Eagle FCs we'll see in the, in the, in the next uh, few uh, few weeks or, or months yeah. even with Everybody the situation my, my, my show pay up front <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely but um, yeah I, I thought I saw some people like tweeting about and tweeting about like obviously Ali De- Abdelaziz with Habib is behind it and there's some money coming from Russia as well obviously it is a Russian promotion so you know with Habib as the owner slash head of it but it's very very interesting and, and uh, to see what happens over the next while and you know whether this event 
should be even happening, but I, 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 I don't know on that one. Um, the main event, obviously, Kevin Lee against Diego Sanchez. Um, that should be a domination for Kevin Lee. You know, Diego had an awful bad bout with COVID recently and hasn't obviously looked great in his last few fights. Uh, getting on now a bit, and Kevin Lee still towards the prime of his career. Yeah, and I think 165 pounds suits Kevin Lee as well. Absolutely, you know? without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, he struggled to get down to 155 before, and 170 has never really suited Diego, I don't think so. Yeah, I think Kevin Lee will be, win that one. At heavyweight title, then, is on the line, apparently. Uh, Rizan Kuniev against Anthony Hamilton. Apparently. <laughs> A, yeah, a really, really good fight. Ray Borg versus Ricky Bandeas. I love that fight. That's a very, very fun fight. Um, Imp, uh, Kasangana, who only fought a few weeks ago in the UFC, is fighting uh, Megamedliev, who fought recently as well, who's a very, very good fighter. Uh, Ahmad Aliyev versus Darl Harcher, who fought Habib. Um, no Sean Burrell is on the card. So, look, up and down, it's, it's a pretty good card. Honey Marks is on the card as well. So, a good few names, people you'd want to tune in for. So, there's lots of, uh, lots of MMA from all around the place uh, next week there's a this PFL challenger which I haven't been watching is still going on as well there's an LFA card next week Cage Warriors actually at the weekend as well there was a very odd one uh, in the finish there was a, a headbutt uh, an accidental headbutt which the guy who threw the headbutt ended up winning the fight uh, on uh, on the cards after I went to a no contest so that's one of those things as well when you know we're talking about open scoring and all of this that uh, you know if you know you're two rounds up why not throw a straight head but they're probably not going to call it a disqualification and you'll win on the cards and that's you know people might be glib and say oh that's not going to happen but you know, we, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Uh, there's an Invicta card as well next week, and I think that's going to be on uh, on YouTube. They have the 125 pound title on the line there, so you could see obviously some uh, future UFC fighters there. Um, so uh, you know, Daniel Taylor is on the card as well, um, and some you know some up and comers on that. So lots of MMA next week. And uh, lots for us to talk about in Irish MMA as well. There was a cage contender card last week. Cage conflict. Conflict, yeah. sorry. Cage conflict, yeah. Um, a very, very good win for Ger Harris, who defeated Kieran Mulholland, who's had a great start, or a great last few fights in his uh, career anyway. So Ger Harris, you know, one of the top prospects coming through in uh, SPG Charlestown under the tutelage of Owen Roddy. That's a massive win for him against someone, you know, who's had a good bit of experience now at this stage, Kieran, uh, Kieran Mulholland, who had his four or five fights into his career. So a very, very good win there. Matthew Elliott looks fantastic as well. I didn't see these fights, but the results are up in severe in May, and uh, I'm sure the lads will talk about him on the old triangle coming out this week uh, Scott yeah, Harvey won as well I was fought interviews by Andy Stevenson over on the Severe MMA YouTube as well indeed yeah and Takamandu who fighting out of Team KF uh, who's a top prospect as well he was our uh, amateur of the year a few years ago uh, he got a win last night Ben Hughes got a win in the amateurs so yeah up, up and down very very good uh, very good to see Irish MMA cracking again and, and getting fights uh you know, getting fights going, so um, good stuff there, and great, uh, great stuff by Andy and and uh, Quilcha and he and all the lads as well uh, covering that. So um, yeah, there'll be lots more, there'll be lots more coverage on the old triangle. Uh, uh, A-U-L-D. Hungry feeling. <laughs> hey, me get get uh, subscribed on uh, iTunes, and I'm uh, Spotify, and all that. In my <laughs> prison cell, and the old triangle. When jingle, jangle, all along the banks of the Royal Canal. Go on, Graham. So we begin, the, well, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> right, we leave it there, lads. Uh, I, 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 <laughs> more people expecting some singing here, maybe, maybe not. 
Uh, thanks that everyone. Can be the inspirational song of the of the week. Indeed, it can be the inspirational song of the week. We leave it at that. Uh, thanks to everyone uh, for uh, for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, if you haven't clicked subscribe yet on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you're uh, listening, uh, please do that. It'd be absolutely great if you could leave us a review and all that. It'd be absolutely fantastic. Uh, or you can uh, you know sign up to us on Patreon. It's only the price of a hot chicken roll every month so that's not too bad how many hot chicken rolls did you buy in a month lads you probably buy <laughs> eight six four I'd, I'd probably buy about fucking 12 of them so sure the price of the price of even a cup of coffee in dublin is getting so uh, high that probably, probably be a fiver next year <laughs> yeah exactly scandalous and also some people they weren't allowing them to like re-up a lot of people if you change i think it's four euro 50 here if you change it to four euro 51 uh, it'll allow you to sign up again. That's, Patreon is fucking weird for renewals and stuff. And then the next time you can change back to 450 and I think it should work again. So if, if you're having issues with that, but patreon.com forward slash uh, severe podcast or severe com forward slash points price of a pint a month so it's not too bad lads if you don't want to fair enough just keep listening to the free one and uh keep it going but sure if you want to if you want to help us out i'm after getting a new computer hopefully it sounds okay it's the first recording on the new computer it's great and appreciate everyone for uh <laughs> the, the 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 last like 18 months of patreon money going in to find this computer so fair play to you. and uh yeah we leave it at that graham thank you very much uh, love hearing from you great seeing you last week was absolutely fantastic and sure it might be too long before we see each other once again and same to all of ye we will, uh, we will see you then good luck <laughs>